five, scores! Rick Five. We've decided to get ourselves back in the game again with our podcast. Rick Five. Probably the craziest story that you're ever going to hear about hockey. We're going to be coming back to you on a regular basis. You are listening to Squid and the Ultimate Leafs fan. Hello, Canada and hockey fans of the United States and Newfoundland. And an extra big hello to Canadian servicemen overseas. Welcome, everyone, to episode 90 of the Squid and Ultimate Leaf Fan Show. I'm Mike Wilson, the Ultimate Leafs Fan. Joining me as always, my winger, Ricky Squid Vive. Squid, how are we keeping? We're doing all right, Mike. A little bit of, uh, I don't even know what you call it, uh, anxiety, I guess, with my son playing in game seven tonight and Michael Hauser, their best goalie up in Rochester, and one of their second best centermen suspended. Anyway, we'll have to deal with it and uh, see if we can pull out the victory. Well, that's right. We'll be pulling for him. I'm going to try and get it online myself tonight so you can have a look at it. So see if I can pull the cheap way and not have to pay for it. So I'm going to yeah. see if I can watch it later. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we've got a very special guest, somebody that uh, a good friend of yours. He was selected first overall by the Buffalo Sabres in a 1987 draft. Played a 20-year career with stops in New York, Montreal, St. Louis, Dallas, and Colorado. Score 500, listen to these numbers, 515, 812 assists, 1,327 points in 1,294 games. And for reason unbeknownst to me and probably anybody who follows hockey, this man is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, like, like how is is that possible? uh, Well, (laughs) he's being modest and he's smiling right now, so we'll bring him on. We're referring, of course, to Pierre Turgeon. Pierre, thanks for joining us and how you doing? You guys are so kind. Thank you. I'm doing well. Thank you. Yes. So, um, now, how are you keeping busy these days? Any projects on the go? Uh, yeah. Well, no. We're we're we moved two years ago. We moved to Florida, and uh, we went. We lived in Denver for many years. So obviously, we were there in 2005, and then uh, 2007, I retired. We stayed with the family, activities with the kids, coached the kids. I was involved everywhere, which is, I was, you know, we missed a lot when we play hockey, you know, that's what, that's what yeah, happened. Yeah. Next thing you know, is I was able to re- be right back and uh, be around the kids. So I really enjoy that part. And then a couple of years ago, two years ago, I told my wife, I look at her, I go, why not? Let's go try Florida. If we like it, if we like, if we don't, then that's okay. We'll come back. You know, <laughs> kids are older now, so they could, they could do whatever they want, you know? Yeah. So, you know what's great is they want to come see us. Uh, they love coming down here in Florida. And uh, we travel a lot during the summer. We don't stay here. We go back to Denver. We're going to go back north of Montreal, Hawaii, Naranda, our hometown, see the you know, family still there. So uh, because of COVID, obviously, we couldn't do this the last couple of years. Now we're going to be uh, traveling a little bit more. But that's what we're doing. We're based in Florida and uh, love being here, uh, playing golf and uh, enjoying life. To be honest with you, that's what I'm doing. I really like it. Was, what part of Florida? West Palm Beach. West Palm Beach. I'm on the other side in Sarasota. I'm down okay. here now. So okay, that's cool. Trying to get Squid to come down and play some golf. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't feel like going to Florida right about now. The weather's just going to start getting nice here. You know, we're in the it's middle true. of we're in the middle of the playoffs. You know, come on. I mean, uh, it's important. <laughs> You don't think about vacation when you play hockey. You got to think about it after. Come on, you got to yeah. get the playoff. Yeah. You're right. I know, but we, we went two years with no hockey, no yeah, appearance, right. no appearances, no nothing, yeah. and now all of a sudden they're starting to pile up. So it's kind of like, yeah. 
okay, I got to make some money now, you know. <laughs> well, just but before we get started, just a little bit on a serious note. And, uh, you know, the hockey world lost two giants in yeah. the last couple mm. of weeks. Guy Lafleur, Mike Bossy, Pierre, any thoughts? We talked, Squid and I talked about this uh, last week and on our weekly show we talked about it. But any memories you can call of either or both? The, these guys are incredible. They're a legend, obviously. And, uh, you know, Mike was a quiet guy, but just a very humble guy, very nice guy. And then, you know, he was the same. He was around the locker room. You see him. We used to see him when I played there. Uh, but he was, you could see him. And when Mr. LaFleur walked in that locker room, you could feel that room. My God, okay. Just not like Jean Beliveau when he walked in, the same thing. You're like, okay, Mr. Beliveau is walking in this room right now. We know it, you know. And uh, you're right. These guys were incredible. Great, great people. That's number one. And then the hockey players, were, they were just incredible. And they're legends. Yeah, uh, there's no question about that. And I remember doing a lot of appearances with, uh, you know, Henri Richard, Cormoyer, Lafleur, all these guys. And, and here's these guys all with like five to 10 to 11 Stanley Cups. It's crazy. But they treated me like I was equal to them i mean yeah. they were unbelievable it was like yeah it, it was they were great people uh great players but uh and mike bossy was it was a really good uh individual i yeah. played against him as junior and then got to play against him for well my whole career pretty much yeah. Uh, yeah. in the nhl and uh but a great goal scorer but but a, a better person both mm -hmm. of them now, Pierre, let's let's go about let's walk through your career and see let let's see let let's let the listeners listen to this and see where they come out on the end of it as far as where you should be right now resting. And I mean, I'm really pushing hard on this one. And Squid and I get on these things, and we go hard, Pierre. So, you were born in Marin, Quebec. Just talk to you about the early years of playing hockey and growing up, and and yeah. just what it was like during that whole period, and yeah. following in your brother's footsteps, of course. Yeah, I mean, my I, I started playing hockey. Obviously, I was five, four or five years old. Started skating, and and obviously, my brother was older than me, four and a half years older. So he was. I was looking at him and say, you know what? Uh, maybe I could do something, you know, like him eventually. And uh, so, but he used to when we were young, me and my brother, he used to put me in net. And put, <laughs> yeah, he just used to laser those puck at my body. But like, what are you doing? Like, I'm young. It's like, you stop the puck. Just stop complaining, you know? <laughs> and uh, so, but that's how it was, you know? So, but next thing you know is he left when he was uh, 14, 15 to go in Montreal. And then he played midget triple in Montreal. And then I stayed. And I always, he was always, I look up to him a lot. And, and uh and one day this is just it's material but you you're gonna say but one day he comes back after his first year in the nhl he comes back and he drives a 944 porsche he parks he comes back home 944 porsche and uh i'm looking at him like and i didn't get it like i didn't get that when you play hockey you could buy things and you could just do things and it's just and it's just material but really it's that's when i went okay if you play hockey, you could have these things. I didn't realize, you know, I just love hockey. That's what it was. And uh, it was, you know, I know, I know it was just material, but at the end of the day, it was a motivation for me to just, you know what, I'm going to, I want to do this. And one day, hopefully I could do it and I'm going to drive myself to do it. And uh, it turned out okay. So, yeah. It's, yeah. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because uh, like, I didn't have any older brothers or anything, but uh, I had a lot of people that helped me along the way when I was, Young playing hockey in, yeah. in Prince Edward Island, 
But then I go to Sherbrooke, and then I make the World Junior team in 77, 78. And this goes back to the guys we just talked about, too. So the Montreal Canadiens took all the weights out of their weight room, and they put stalls in there. So we're dressing basically in their dressing room because it was wide open into the dressing room. And we got to watch them practice every day. And it was like back and forth, back and forth, like 100 miles an hour, Guy going down the wing, flying down the wing with the hair flowing and everything. (laughs) And and we're sitting in the stands watching, and I'm like, holy cow, like, I want to be like that guy. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's true. So in in my situation, I left back home coming back to this when I was 14 and and I went to Midget AAA, and then I went to uh, Junior and Granby. Yep. And uh, and the funny thing is, when I got drafted by the Sabers, the next thing you know is I'm playing with. Uh, you said you said earlier he was your winner. He was my winner too for, for a while <laughs> too. And I was so impressed by Rick. It was incredible how quick he could release that puck. And I remember, you know, you're playing Junior. Guys are just staying at the same place and a lot of times, but Rick was able to get close to the net and just go out and be in a position where he could release that puck so quickly. It was incredible. I'm like, oh, and I was 18. I barely could speak English, you know, yeah. so, and it was, it was incredible. And then I'm like, wow, this is unbelievable. This guy gets open like this. is. It was the NHL. We're talking about, you know, it's not junior. And uh, it's funny how people don't realize how big I think the junior to the NHL is humongous and i mean that step is huge yeah. and uh so coming in as 18 years old and and seeing all these guys like greg was incredible i was so impressed i said wow can you shoot the puck my god well you're kind of setting it up as i was going to say to you pierre i said when did you your brother gave a good indication with a 944 porsche yeah. but when did you start thinking about now this is going to sound like a really dumb question but when did you start thinking you could possibly earn a living playing hockey and i'm going to even make myself sound dumber by suggesting that well 154 points in 58 games including 69 goals is probably a good indication you have a shot at making a living playing the game <laughs> yeah but you st- you still don't know even even my first year in the NHL i would say the first couple months or so and buffalo was smaller the ice was smaller everything was happening quicker everything was just you know yeah. the guys are men they're not kids anymore they're not boys they're men and uh, I'll tell you, sometime I had the puck, and all of a sudden I was thinking, whoop, the puck was gone. I said, whoops, okay, that happens quick, you know. And you realize how quick it is. And then it, yeah. it was an adjustment. It took me a couple months to really feel like, okay, I'm good. I'm going to be all right now. I'm going to be okay. But I was young. I was 18. I was coming in, couldn't speak the language. And it's just, and there was a lot. Try to understand the coaching staff when they're talking. You're looking at them like, okay, I have no idea. And uh, when you're practicing, and hopefully you go behind the line. And until you get to the next year, next, hopefully with seeing everything, you're okay to go for the next drill for the for the, for the drill. So I don't know. So it was a it was an adjustment, and then really, uh, 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 it was uh, I love love that well, love that. You want to get in, yeah. you want to get into that a little deeper. But one thing, oh, go ahead. One thing yeah. is amazing is that uh, like how hard it is for an 18 year old coming in. Like we didn't mm-hmm. go in and like we didn't get drafted until we were 20 years old, mm-hmm. and now, you know, and I, you know, guys like Pierre and guys like that coming in at 18 and I'm going, holy cow, they must have a tough time adjusting to this at 18 years old. It can't be easy because it wasn't easy when I was 20, let alone 18. I mean, <laughs> you know, but yeah. 
I think he adjusted pretty darn good. And, and yeah, I, I would suggest. I, yeah, it took it took a couple couple of weeks and a couple of months to say, okay, I'm good. I'm going to be fine. It's going to be good. And then next thing you know, is you're learning so much with playing with better players and all everything. And then uh, and it just turned out to be. Uh, and I love Buffalo. I mean, obviously, I was there for four years, and then Patty came in, and we traded. I saw Patty last weekend. We had a we had a reunion, the alumni with the Anders, and uh, oh, I saw it, that. Yeah, he's such yeah. a an incredible man. This guy, a, a good man. And uh, so, anyway, we talk about the things that happened that day with the story and the trade, and and uh, and uh, so anyway, it was it was great seeing him. Great go back and talk about the memories and uh, and uh, so anyway, the memories in Buffalo for me, I loved it. I love Buffalo. What a great town! What a great sport town! And I, you know, and I learned a lot with playing with a lot of good players. That's for sure. Well, how yeah, much it's funny? It's funny you mentioned your kids because yeah. coming back home and everything. Because uh, I got a, a really good picture, and I, I can't remember what it was. We were at something, and we were kind of leaning against the bar. Uh, it was like in the rink or something, and uh, you and I are standing there, and my son yeah. is sitting on the bar between <laughs> us. Yeah, right. <laughs> And I, I think he was like about three years old or four years old at the time. So. That's funny. It's crazy. Well, yeah. I was going to speak in a brother like your, well, the son, the brother, your brother, Sylvan, was taken. By the way, people may not realize, maybe you already, you probably know it, Pierre, but you guys mm -hmm. are the only brothers that ever be drafted one, two, know. and a draft, but in different <laughs> years. And we're very proud of that. That's cool. You know, it's very I, cool. A, you know, that's it's a just, phenomenal feat. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, yeah. It's been, it's been, it's fun to, yeah. So, I mean, we didn't realize until it, it's actually Pierre Lacroix that brought it up at one point when, when he got drafted, when my brother, my, when I got drafted and then, and he goes, did you guys realize that you're so far that you guys are so, and I think it's still the same today if I'm not mistaken, but yeah. So it's yeah. been, uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's kind of cool, you know? Yeah, uh, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, but now how, now, I mean, it's again, it's going to sound pretty obvious, but how helpful was it having your older brother get drafted a few years in front of you at, at such a high spot, number two overall, you're projected to go number one. Yeah. There's a language issue. I mean, speak about all of that, going to Buffalo, young kid, all the pressure on you, you're 18 years old. How did the veterans and all that stuff all come in place for you? Oh, it helps, obviously. I mean, guys, you're coming in and, you know, we had uh, such older team, like Mark Napier was there, Clark Gillies, Lindy Roth, Mike Ramsey, you know, records that. I mean, it's just name it. Owsley was there. Mike and this, Mike Felino. And all, yeah. It's incredible. All the veterans we had and all the. So it was great for me to come in and really feel like I was part of it, you know, uh, just because I felt welcome with having all the experience in these guys there and really uh so it helps obviously and 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 i had jacques cloutier uh we had the, he was the mm -hmm. goalie he was the backup goalie and jacques we used to live right across the street where i was so you know he used to help me a ton with language and just talk and sometimes during practice i used to go see him and say what did you say can i you know so i was like yeah and uh, I used to talk to him all the time on the phone. How do you say I'm hungry? You know, <laughs> just yeah, whatever. So it really helped, you know, at the end of the day. But yeah, the guys made it so easy to come in and really feel part of it. And uh, you know, and we we had such a fun, good team there too in Buffalo. Incredible. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you yeah. talk about Jacques Cloutier, the who's a goalie. Yeah. And I mean, he, he was probably the most sensible 
fun-loving, laughing yeah. goalie that I think I've ever met. Like, I mean, like most goalies, you don't talk to them on the day of the game. Like, yeah. don't even go, don't even go near them. Jacques, he didn't give a damn. He was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's, let's. So in in practice, you used to hear him like he all of a sudden you're coming down, you yeah. go skate all the way down, you get to that red line, and all of a sudden. Under that match, yeah, there's a mouth going, and he's, he's explaining the, the guy coming down. He's coming from the left side. He's explaining, like, you know, and then he makes a save and say, nice try, kid. Go back again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but he was, you're right, Rick. He was always having fun. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was fun. He was communicating yeah. all the time, and he was laughing behind that mask, and it was just fun to shoot on him and just but he was challenging you at the same time and he was oh, serious, he but he was enjoying the time, which is great. You know, yeah, it's true. And I was going to ask, you know, your first year you had, it went pretty good. You had decent numbers. You get a Stanley cup run. Did you just think, Oh my goodness, this is national hockey. This is pretty easy. I'm joking. Of course. But yeah. <laughs> no. So, so nothing. No, it, it's, uh, you, you, you don't realize, and even that, after many years in the league, you'd think, you know, after a couple of years, I'm like, I felt, I I, I think one of those years I came back, the second or third year I came back, like I was 10 pounds overweight, you know, I just, I had like, and I thought, I took it for granted, like I didn't realize, I thought, you know, I'm going to do this, or it's going to be happening, and then I hit a wall, to be honest with you, and it was the best wall I could hit, because I learned so much from that wall, just the fact that I came in and thought, like, it's not easy, you know what, I learned, kid, you better get your things together, So, and it took me a while to get back on track, a couple months, and then all of a sudden, I went back to it, but it's, you can't, you can't, and it, and it's such it's such a big business, especially now. It's a business today. I mean, you better be ready. If you're not, mm -hmm. someone's going to steal your job. That's what's going to happen. And uh, but, <clears throat> but you can't take anything. You know, you're coming in. Everything is. Uh, it, it's not easy. It's not easy, especially even today. It's not easy. You know, I, I can't even imagine. Like you said, at 18 years old, and now the league's getting even younger. I think if yeah. you look around, I mean, there's so many young guys in the league and very talented players too. I mean, uh, yeah. Like I, I look back at at my time in the 80s, and and of course you came in in the 80, the late 80s. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you ever tried one of those lacrosse goals back then, somebody would have probably two handed you across the head. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, it's that's, true. It's true. Like you wouldn't try anything like that, but now they practice doing that and, and then they do it in a game and it's like, Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that guy's got a lot of talent if he can do that, but I mean, try to do that in the eighties and, and you might not have made it through the game. I don't think so. You pick up a puck behind the net like this and you just go in the back and squeeze back in. Kids are incredible now. You're right. Oh. They're doing stuff like this. And you, I don't think many years ago, like you would have done it. I think a couple people would have probably went after you and say, "You can't do this, kid." And this, well, we did. We didn't try those things either, like no, even in the true. summer or practice or anything like that. We, like, you didn't even think of, you know, uh, being that type of player and being able to pull off those things. But now these kids are are good and they they're talented. And they try it all summer. They they work at it, and yeah. then they get into a game, and lo and behold, they do it. <laughs> that's true. Now, and finding time to do it—that's a yeah. thing. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Now, Paris, can I ask you just your first year? I mean, here you are, French yeah. Canadian kid, northern part of Quebec. You come in, Buffalo. 
which is fine. It's not a real big city, so it's a little mm -hmm. south of Toronto. But then you're going mm -hmm. through the circuit. So your first time through that, again, with all the language issues and all this stuff, and you're getting some help, was it? Was your head a bit on a swivel going throughout the league the first time? Or did you just try to keep your head down and just play? You know what? I, I just – it's funny. You get – and after that, after a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you feel like – you when you get on the ice, you get in that own – I feel that way. And even today when I go play – you get in your own little bubble. There's something mm -hmm. in there. You just and then you so your your focus is just that black thing. Where is that black thing? I want that black thing. Where is it? And seriously, <laughs> and there's nothing else. Like you hear the crowd, especially the first couple of years when you're in the league, because you it's real like twenty thousand. After that, you hear the crowd, you feel it, but you're so into into the game, your mindset is just that puck. And, you know, keeping your head swivel or looking, or, you know, you're you're so into the game you have. And if, especially if the game is 1-1 to, you know, losing my goal. Like, like yeah. I felt when when that was the situation, I felt like I got to do something about it. You know, that, that was my job, I felt like. I took this like this. It didn't happen all the time. But, you know, if I could make a difference, I was going to make that difference. That's how I felt. And uh, so, but but it, it's always the... Um, uh, you, you get in that zone, and it's funny that you just nothing else mattered. You, there's nothing else you're thinking. There's no worry. It's just that black thing. Where is it? <laughs> what I was hey, also referring to. I know, I, know, I know exactly what he's talking about for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Ed, but, well, it's great. You're maybe a little different in this one, but I was also referring, Pierre, to around the league, going into cities like New York and in LA oh, okay. and Chicago. Yep. So all of that to combine with on the ice, I mean, was you just a bit of a blur while all that was oh, going on around you? Yeah. I mean, you're going to cities that, you know, don't, I mean, this is funny because I, I, I left my hometown when I was, you know, 14. I we the biggest trip we did when I was young, maybe Montreal. When we're in Montreal, it's like going to New York, you know. So it's like <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. And we didn't know and it, we barely went. So when I went to Montreal, I'm like, wow, this is nice. You know, just I got played there for you. And uh and my dad was lumberjack, my mom was the home home cooking and she just stayed and she was cleaning houses and then uh, and then my dad we didn't go anywhere it was just that's what we knew we didn't it was playing hockey and stay home and uh and all of a sudden now we go to um yeah i get I get picked by you know uh buffalo the sabers and then going there and i'm like when i and i spend the full summer there the first year we spent some months there i'm like the second year we spend more and i said this is incredible wow you know i mean it's just we didn't know any better. My, you know, leaving yeah. back home was so cold. It was just, uh, it was, you know, limited with things to do. And in, uh, in uh, now we're in Buffalo. And then after that, when I started traveling, went to New York, Chicago. We're like, okay, this is a different thing now. Now we're seeing restaurants. We're seeing that. I mean, it's 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 the vibe was different. The cities. It was just, but what, how it was so much fun. And you learn so much. You grow so much quicker that uh, with traveling and you know, with, with your friends and your teammates and 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 going to a restaurant the night before I used to love that so it's probably my favorite thing to do on the road but it was uh, I love I love all this and then New York City coming back to New York right now we just came back last weekend like like I said but we stayed in New York City even if we had the alumni with the honors and uh, a couple of days we went to Bryan Park outside which I never done during this uh, this time it was 65 70 degrees and wow <laughs> you know so but you're right you're young you're moving you're learning so much you're growing you're seeing cities incredible and uh, and uh, I'm still learning I mean I went to New York it was just uh, it was, I had an incredible 
fun time when I was there last weekend. So yeah, it's so great. Pierre, talk talk about your hometown because uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's been a lot of NHL players have come yeah. out of there. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I know PEI per capita probably has a lot of players, but there's been a lot of really good hockey players who've come out of your hometown. Yeah, you know, we, I mean, we had Savar, Mr. Savar, Rejaul. I mean, you're talking, you go Bordelot, you have, uh, I mean, you, you, there's Stéphane Matteau, Eric Desjardins, uh, but we had like 20 guys, all these guys that came out of there. And somehow, I, 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 why? I don't know exactly why, but I think we spend a lot of time on the ice, but a lot of people spend a lot of time on the ice. I mean, the coaching staff were great. I mean, it's just, yeah, but you're right. I, the reason, I don't know why exactly, but somehow we had a lot of hockey players, the NHL, maybe the NHL, and had a great careers too from, from uh, Wayne Aranda. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't Dave Keon from there? <laughs> Dave Keon, yeah. Hey, last Miranda, one you yeah. want to forget. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like so, I said, there's been a lot of great players come out of yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. I was going to ask you now, here we go. Four good years in Buffalo. Then yep. you get the dreaded call. You're moved to the New York Honors. Take us through smiling. So take us through that day and how you found out and how you reacted. Yeah. So I'm in the, I mean, I learned this with Jeremy and came out and I went, we were on the ice and, and Benoit got told that he was traded. So, and he goes, you need to go see Jerry. And I went to see Jeremy and, and Jerry tells me, and he was really emotional because he drafted me. So um, that was hard to, uh, to the, that was hard to hear. And just because then a lot of players stayed in the same towns or same cities, the same team for many, many, many years. But, <laughs> excuse me, somehow. Uh, and uh, they, uh, so I got traded there. And then we're, we're, we leave to, to and, I, and, and I was disappointed. I thought I was going to go stay in Buffalo for many years. And then, and then the, uh, the same day we had the, we had, it was Yui Coop, myself, Benoit Hogan, and, and uh, McLean. Dave McLean, I think. Is that what it is? Yeah. <clears throat> McLean. So we get traded. And then same day, Steve Thomas and I think it was the Adam Creighton got traded from Chicago. So six guys are coming in same day in New York. That changed the team. It's a full line. It's just so. And then <clears throat> it was a good trade because there is a lot of people involved. Obviously, Pat, Patty was. Uh, is it Randy Wood too? Yeah, Randy Wood was involved, correct. And then uh, he got, we got. Uh, there was the trade. Uh, that happened, and then, and then we had, uh, uh, and, and then we just started. Like six guys come in one day, and next thing you know, is it started going. And then, which I, I didn't know much. Al Arbor, I knew a little bit about him, but just you know. But next thing you know, is this coach was just, wow. What an amazing man, an amazing guy, uh, incredible coach. I probably learned the most of a coach with, with a coach. He was incredible as far as uh, showing you and, and getting in your mind in a positive way. So he was good. I so sorry. Did, like what? Uh, I can't even remember. I, I was there, but I can't remember that trade because I remember McElwain and uh, – no, that was a different trade. McElwain and uh, Patty came in. Uh, yeah, it was Randy Buffalo. Randy Wood. Randy Wood, correct? Yeah. And uh, and 
and it was uh, and Patty, and then Dave McCoin was it Dave? Yeah, and myself, Yuri Coop, and then uh, and Bud Wahog. Okay, Ben Wahog, Yuri Coop, and Dave McLean. <laughs> yeah, so so it was uh, so it was kind of it turned out okay because Benny had a, a ton of ice time. Yui was playing a lot, I was playing a lot. So we, and we just you know, and then Steve Thomas was coming in too at the same time. So we played. I played with Steve for many years with Derek King also, and mm -hmm. uh, so and then and then we had a team that was okay good team but we had a team that i mean th that uh l arbor believed in us and he made us believe that we could go through anything and that's how we went far in the playoff that year with 93 against pittsburgh beating beating pittsburgh and and uh, <clears throat> we beat uh washington before and uh my situation with dale you know happened with the shoulder and everything uh and then and then i missed part of i miss miss pittsburgh pretty much and then i came back uh in montreal and um, but I came back the last game against Pittsburgh, but I didn't play one shift, and we went in OT. So I just wanted to be on the bench. And I asked, I asked Alice, "Can I be on the bench?" She said, "Can you play?" I said, "No." He goes, "Well, yeah, you could be on the bench if you want to." I said, "Yeah, it's perfect." So I get on the bench. I don't even play one shift, and uh, we get an OT. It's funny thing is that we get an OT, and. Uh, Al, Al goes, and then the game's slowing down. You could tell the tempo was just going down. I mean, we're second, I think, the, in the second uh, period, OT. And uh, and uh, right before we score, right before David Volek score a, a pass from uh, Ray Ferraro, uh, <clears throat> he calls my name. He goes, you ready? You're going. I'm looking at him. I said, you say, I'm full of energy. Like, I'm just want to go. I have one shoulder. I don't care. I want to go. And uh, so he calls me. And he, I think he was going to send me. The game was so slow. It's just like, okay, I'm full of energy. And uh, it turned out that we scored right before I went on the ice. Crazy. Oh, okay. boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into that. We want to ask you, but we're going to get into the Hunter hit. But. You know that, but for the people aren't maybe aren't aware, but it was happening in the first round of the playoffs, and yeah. you know Pierre scored a goal to make it five one, and and Hunter random cheap shot and ran him into the boards and separated your shoulder. And anyway, I remember that. What do you remember about the incident, Pierre? Because you obviously weren't watching; your head was turned. Oh, you, well, I was celebrating. So we scored, and that actually nailed that game. We got it. I scored. I intercepted the puck, and I'm going down. And I said. Shooting blocker side. I'm celebrating, facing the crowd, the crowd, 20,000 people. And then I just get hammered from behind, obviously. And I hit the board and and I hurt my shoulder and stuff. So, and then it got to be a zoo. Everything is just flying everywhere. It's just, uh, and uh, <clears throat> so it, it did. I mean, it's just, it's a situation that happened. It's not fun, obviously. And I wish I missed a lot after that. I wasn't the same. I wish I could have stayed, you know, stayed healthy. But, uh, uh, but uh, that's yeah. So I get hit from behind, I separated my shoulder. And I was out for only ten days or so, so not long. So I was back, but I wasn't ready, obviously. So then we went against Montreal when we would beat Pittsburgh after that. So yeah. Well, I mean, here's I mean, we can never know the answer to this, but you got your separation shoulders enough. He got a record twenty-one game suspension. <laughs> yep. What I thought of at the time, though, which was record number ten years earlier, Time Laziak had gotten a twenty-game suspension for tripping official. Well, here's a guy who ran a guy face first into the board, separates his shoulder during a Stanley Cup run. You know, it could have cost you your career. Yeah. It could have cost you a Stanley Cup championship. You know, and you get all these guys like Don Cherry lauding it as a competitive fireman. Really, it was a gutless move. And you don't have to answer that. But 
Do you think the 21 games was fair? Uh, at that point, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just it was the biggest suspension in the league, you know, so I never I was the biggest one, you know, and then he was I was a part of his salary, too. So everything, um, you know, my main concern was as long as can I come back now and play hockey the same way? You know, I mean, it's just like my my shoulder is going to be, uh, you know, and at the end of the day, it's a separation of shoulder. You're fine. You come back and then I was able to play and be fine. So uh, it's uh you know, it's one of those. I mean, it's so many years. It's been so many years. Yeah. Around. So you're thinking, okay, you know, I mean, life has moves on, and I wish him well. I wish him he's going to do well, and he's been doing a great job too with the junior team stuff. And and uh, <clears throat> I don't did know. You ever, did you ever speak the two of you after the fact? Uh, we speak a couple of days after, but it was really quick. You know, obviously, uh, you know, it was it was uh, tough conversations, but a couple words that was. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't last long. It didn't last long. So uh, yeah. So, but that's it is. You know, it's been so many years. At one point, you're like, you know, we're moving on. You know, I wish him well, and you know, at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. yeah. Well, I mean, that's the way Dale played, unfortunately, and uh, you know, yeah. I mean, but he had an incredible uh, career, though. You get, yeah, you get, he did. You know, he did. Yeah. There's no question, and. <laughs> Now he's having a ton of success owning the London Knights and coaching the London Knights yeah. and winning Memorial Cups and you name it. So, yeah, uh, you know, I mean. Uh, yeah, I think he's doing a good job with the kids. No doubt yeah. about that. There's yeah, no I mean, doubt about that. Yeah. Well, there's one playing in Toronto that played for him right now. Where's number 16? It uh, seemed to turn out okay playing under him. That's so right. Man's mm -hmm. pretty happy with that one. And yeah. Hannafin in Calgary is another. Or no, and not Hannafin. Uh, who's the other kid? Uh, Chinchuk. Is the other one. Oh, yeah. So, so a couple uh, of them have turned out pretty good under his. For sure. I think he's got a lot. He's To be honest with you, he's, he's got a lot to do with it, for sure. Well, I think Patrick King. Patrick King yeah. played for him. Jane, Corey Perry. Uh, Gagne. Gagne. I mean. Yeah. 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 Lots. Developed, developed a lot of good NHL players. For, for sure, guys. So here we go. So here, here's here's the next one. Following the, the lockout year, games. following the lockout year, We'll get into the fun stuff here a little bit. You're moved to Montreal. Now, here you are getting traded again for the second time. Like, you're putting up some pretty big numbers. You're getting moved again, but you're not getting moved for bit pieces. But so what were you mentally going through while this is all going on? I get moved back to Montreal, so it must have been very emotional for you. Uh, yeah, very. I mean, I was I was, hap I was happy. I'm not going to deny it. I was like, I'm going yeah. to Montreal. Of course. Yes, you know. Um, it's, 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 it's weird because I, 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 I kind of had a feeling I was getting traded and I'll tell you why. And no one knows this pretty much, but, uh, you know, Patrick had a, Patrick had a, had a phone call from Patrick. He goes, I think he might be coming here. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I kind of had a nit, like he told me something that, so the morning I was going to the rink, I'm like, Hmm. I might get traded today. So I get to the rink and we have a game at night. So I'm thinking, like, so everyone's walking in front of me, locker room, and I see the manager coming in front. And then I'm like, okay, maybe. I, and and I, what I didn't realize that night, it was uh, they had poster of myself. There was Pierre Turgeon's night. So, the, uh, giving, so they didn't want to trade me that night. So that's the reason why I get, I get traded. But the next morning when I went to the rink, that's how I found out. He goes, I called Patrick after the game. So you're not, you're not telling me this. You're not, you don't know. You know, I just said, you wait. So the next day I walk in the locker room and then I got traded. That's the one I got traded to Montreal. So that's how I found out. So I had, a, I had an, 
an idea it was happening. Wow. Well, I was going to ask you now, okay, so now you're going home. Yeah. And you're from Quebec. Just like any kid coming home to a city, did you feel the additional pressure of wearing the jersey? And now, first off, you probably dreamed as a kid to play for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, yeah you're right. So we ask every player that comes home the same question. Mm-hmm. When you finally pulled that jersey over your head, was it as you expected, Crazy. as you thought it would be, or was it even more? Even more. Crazy. Crazy. Like, you put the jersey, you're like, wow. Okay, this is when I was a kid. I was used to watch this on TV, and now – I'm putting one of those to play for the Montreal Canadiens. That's crazy. So I was yeah. so pumped. Like it's not like, it's, yeah. and then you look at all the history and the people, the players that played there. It's just you know, and uh, so I get the jersey, and then we play a game Quebec home, Quebec on the road. So, and uh, and and I was like, the mayor's talks. He's talking to me. He goes to me. It was the. Uh, I know you're not playing a lot right now. I don't know why, but be careful. You might be playing a lot of hockey here. I said, okay. Well, yeah, he was playing almost 20 minutes, any 28 minutes, 26 minutes a game. I said, okay, I can't, I can't handle 26 minutes. That's too much. So I went from not playing a lot somehow because they weren't happy. And then all of a sudden I go to Montreal, not playing 20 something, five minutes, 24 minutes, something. It's just crazy. Every double shift, double shift. It's too much, you know, but I played a lot. I loved it. So obviously I had a lot of ice time and uh, we were catching up to make the playoff. We barely made it. We didn't make it. So it was at the end. And, uh, and then I was, you know, everything happened as you know, I think timing for me being at the right place, right time. uh, And, and it was a good timing, but there's a lot of things that happened before the good timing and, and, and the right be at the right place. You you have you have they they fired you know Mr. Sabar, they hired the original um, you know Mario Trombley came in and mm-hmm. the mess was gone and then the Patrick Patrick was situation with the uh, arms that you know and and after that we had the we closed the forum we opened the Mosin Center this has happened in a year and a half near this is like oh, wow. I'm like I'm looking around this is what's happening you know everything's there's something happening all the time, you know, and it was just crazy. But the timing of me being the captain there um, and just it, it's just, you know, be at the right place, at the right time. That's what it was. And being the captain there and close the forum was just I it was just I still talk about this. And I have goosebumps, and it's crazy. It's one of the highlight of my career for sure. And seeing who was on the ice, too, you have, you know, Jean Beliveau, Mr. Savar, all these guys around it. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. The rocket. They had a standing ovation for the rocket for I don't know how long, but it was just incredible. And then I had a chance to, uh, <clears throat> when they named me captain there, I had a chance to go have lunch with Jean Beliveau. I mean, for an hour, an hour and a half. And wow, I came out of there. So I'm gonna go buy his book. I'm buying his book. So I went to buy his book. I read his book, and and like that's one of the person that impressed me the most in hockey. I didn't even play with him, you know, but just. The, his present and his when he walks in a room, everything stops. Yeah, Mr. Billy Bo's walking in the room right now. Wow, this is so. It's uh, he was an impressive man, very impressive. And I was, I was really uh, uh, grateful to have a chance to have just lunch with him and learn a lot just in, a, in an hour and a half. And, and really, as a person, how he was, what you heard, and what we heard, 
and having the chance to spend that time with him for an hour was incredible. Well, I got a chance. Uh, it's funny <laughs> you, you bring him up because, uh, like, my father's from Gatineau, so he's, mm -hmm. he's he's French. Obviously, I'm half French. My my name is French, mm -hmm. and so he was a big Montreal Canadiens fan. Made my mother a Montreal's Canadiens fan. My aunt. And it's like, okay, I can't be a Canadians fan if they're all Canadians <laughs> fans. I got to be a Leaf fan, right? <laughs> but I got to meet Jean Beliveau, uh at a banquet okay. when I was a kid, and uh, then I got to meet him again at the World Juniors at the Forum. And I got to tell you, he probably was a, the the best gentleman I've ever met yeah. for a guy that had the success that he had in the National Hockey League. I mean. It was incredible. He just he, he carried himself like unbelievable uh, as a person. And mm -hmm. uh, I remember the times that I got to meet him and talk to him a little bit, and it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. well, oh, I, been, yeah, for sure. I, I can tell you one story. A friend of mine told me about him. We, before he passed, he was doing an event in Toronto at the Hockey Hall of Fame with a bunch of NHL guys for a special occasion. But he'd spent the day doing a lot of signings, making appearances, making talks, and he was not in good health. So this friend was walking him back to the hotel at the Royal York, very late, probably about 11 o'clock, and out the front, all the fans were waiting for the players to come to site, get autographs. So he said, you know, Mr. Bellabo, I know a door around the back, we can avoid all that, so you can go to your room because you look very tired. And he said, no chance. He said, those people made me what I am. He said, I owe it to them to go in there and talk wow. to them. And oh, he, stood and signed, he signed every autograph. That's and I know you're not surprised by that either. You guys. No. No. <laughs> not so at all. What I want to ask you is leading it up. I guess that was a good uh, sort of lead-in for me. On my own. I'll pat myself on the back in this one. Pierre, your name, <laughs> Captain? Mm -hmm. Okay. Again, the hometown guy, you all of a sudden wearing that C with these iconic names and players around you yeah how did you emotionally deal with it and keep your keep your head on to play yeah it was it was uh i it, it's funny because we had such a you know i got traded and next thing you know is a keen mike keen had it for you know period of yeah. six seven months or so <clears throat> and uh and then and then i got to see when everything changed um Sure, there's a lot of responsibility. There's no doubt about this. Obviously, the media, the players, the there's you know, and then the the communication, coaching staff too. You know, so it was it was uh, uh, a lot of response, especially in Montreal or Toronto or Canada. You know, obviously you get a so, but again, and you go back when you get to your two feet back on the ice, you get in yeah. that little bubble that you go back to, because that's what we've been doing all our life. You know, so it's it's uh, there's nothing gets in there it's that black thing where's the black thing i want you know so but it's you get in that bubble you get in that zone that you just so that doesn't change the way you're going to do going yep. the ice so and then after so many years to maybe the first couple of years the first couple of months if it, you feel like okay do, you know you're more you you think a little more about it just because you're uh you know are you going to be okay are you going to be uh are you going to be able to adjust to the speed you're going to be there's a lot of things that you don't know when you're a kid coming in after many years, you're going. To, I'm going to Montreal. I feel like I'm. If I if I go on the ice, that's my job. That's what I'm supposed to. And I get in that zone, and I just feel. You know, I think they say when you love doing something, 
you get in that bubble and you get in that zone. I love playing hockey. I love the game of hockey. I like watching it, but playing it is the best thing in the world, to me, in my yeah. opinion. It's funny. It's funny you mention that because uh, a couple of guys had asked me, and, and I remember teammates, like, I don't know what it was and how I got it, but I had the ability to block everything out around me when I was playing. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't hear the crowd very often at all. Uh, you know, sometimes I didn't even hear my teammate talking to me who was sitting on the bench beside me, you know, because I was concentrating on the guy that was on the ice that I was going to go and replace on the next shift. And, and someone said to me, well, how can you do that? I said, I don't know. I just, it happens. I said, I just get like tunnel vision on what I need to do on the bench and on the ice. And that's all I think about. And that's good. I loved what you just said too. So to add to that is for me, my, in my experience, when <clears throat> you get in your own little zone, you get it. And then on top of it, when I had Alar Bor as a coach, uh, he, he, I'm struggling. I don't, I didn't score for 20 games. I feel like forever, you know, so we're pending 18 games. Mm -hmm. And uh, he goes, uh, come in my, come in my office. I need to talk to you. I said, okay. I'm, I'm thinking, Oh my God, here we go again. <laughs> so I don't know. So Al, Al Arbor, first meeting, I'm going in there. I said, I don't know. And uh, Al Arbor speaks very well in French, too. So he, we speak French, we speak English. And and uh, and he goes to me, he goes, uh, how are you feeling? I said, I don't know. I don't feel very good. What do you want me to tell you? I just, so he goes, uh, I don't really care if you score. I said, well, well, I do. You know, I want to. I do. I do. He goes. You know what? I want you to. I want you to do one thing for me. And now he starts defining this. And I learned. I took this with me for the rest of my career. He goes. How many games do you have in a season? Said, okay, eighty-two games. How many? How many? How many periods do you have in a game? Okay. You know the answers. I'm not going. Why am I answering? So how many? How many shifts do you have in one period? Six, seven. And he goes. How many seconds you have in your shift? Okay, so how many? I want you to count those seconds. Every time there's a battle on that board, it's your puck. Win that puck, it's your. There's nothing else matter. I don't really care about you scoring goals. I don't care about your main And then I want you to focus in that moment. That's it. When you come back on that bench, you sit down. I want you to process things, learn from it, move on. Your next shift. You just said that, Rick. You don't. You just block. You just move on. You can't, you make a mistake, someone score against you. Yeah, there's your minus two, that game, minus three. All of a sudden, your next shift, forget about it, move on. Yeah. You got to move on. You got. You can't do anything about it. Move to your next shift. So I, I took this for me, my experience with Al. Yeah. I brought this for the rest of my career. I stayed in the moment as much as I can and don't think too far. Just win literary areas of the game, winning the battles and the right, driving the net, staying ready for the rebound or, you know, just big things, smaller things like this adds up to a scoring chance, adds up to goal or assist or mm -hmm. so. So I learned a lot with Al, I, you know, in that point. And, uh, and uh, I, I brought that for the rest of my career with, with me for sure. Well, you know, it's, it's, you're very fortunate that you got to have a coach like that in your career yeah. because, I mean, I certainly didn't have anybody that was like that. <laughs> and Al, Al, Al was playing with your mind a lot. He was able to get in there. 
Yeah, no, I mean, but, but that's great what he yeah. brought you in. He, he sat you down. He broke yeah. everything down to, to little details yeah. that, that, you know, meant a lot. And obviously, you that changed how you thought about the game. And I, yeah. I, think, that's, I think that's remarkable. Yeah, he made a difference. Yeah. And you look at all the people that played for him. Yeah. They all I say, mean, like I talked to Derek King, you know, he been before he got hired for Chicago. And uh, he goes, I go to him, I said, and he was coaching uh, the minor team when he was coaching Chicago. The Marlins. The Marlins, yeah. And he yeah. goes, I go, I go to him, I go, how much of an impact Al Arbor had in your coaching uh, career? He goes, everything. Everything yeah. I do, I think about him. Everything I do, it's about, it's him. Like, it's crazy. I coach my kids. I coach my girls. I coach my, it was coming from Al. Yeah. Yeah, when I got into coaching, I didn't have too many people to look up to and, and think about. There was I took probably one or two good things from each of them mm -hmm. and then threw the rest of them all out the window and then just kind of learned on the fly. <laughs> but I, I always went into it as, look, I'm going to be a player's coach in, in that. You know, I mean, I'm going to demand respect. But at the same time, I'm going to make sure that I talk to them every day, like two or three guys mm -hmm. every day and have a conversation. How are things? You know, not, not sure. necessarily about hockey. It's like, yeah. you know, you've got, to, you've got to show them respect too, I, I think, as a coach. And the fact that you care about how they're doing as people. And I think when they realize that you really care, they're going to play a little bit harder for you, in, mm -hmm. in my mind anyway. 100%. Well, I was going to say, Pierre, you must have been a good study or quick study because uh, you scored 515 goals. So it, it must have got through somehow. And I, I was going to say that you scored your 500th goal as a San Jose Shark. Now, this may sound a little dumb also. I've asked a couple of dumb questions today. Uh, was it a little bittersweet or did it really matter because it's the NHL and 500 goals is 500 goals no matter where you yeah. score them? Yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't care if it's, it's 500 goals. It's fine. You take it. I mean, it's just the way it's, it's, uh, hey, it's, I think it's a, it's a look back. When you get to that point, now you can, you're looking back at it. Well, you know, I was thinking when I started playing, if I play 10 years, I'll be happy. You know, <laughs> so it's just, yeah. And I'll be lucky. You know, if I get, I'll be, and, you know, if I could make it to the beginning, especially eight, 10 years, you know, that's what I was thinking. And then played 19 years. Those were all bonus, you know. I mean, it's just it's it's uh, it's crazy when you think about it. And then, but that made that makes you realize when you get those achievement and you do things like this, you're looking back after that. You go well, and to get there, how many good players you played with? How many? There's a lot of people that made you a better player too. You know what I mean? So yeah. that is yeah. incredible, Adrian. You have that, and I was blessed to play with incredible players. Rick was one of them. You know what I mean? It's just. It's in, and I played the game I love, and they paid me for it. It's crazy, you know. It's crazy. Well, yeah, and I, I didn't. Uh, I, I was about two or two and a half seasons away from catching it. I think, <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, injuries started piling up yeah. at the end of my career in Buffalo, and then it was kind of <laughs> over. I mean, it was like I just couldn't play anymore. And uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, here, here's a question for Pierre that he can probably answer a little better than you, Squid. Sorry, my man, you know, but this one's more direct than him. But 
Coming close a few times to the ultimate prize, which is the Stanley Cup, people often suggest or always suggest that you got to elevate your game to another level. Yep. Now, reflecting on your near misses, could you define what that really means besides just winning, obviously, but what that really does entail? Uh, hey, winning a Stanley Cup is there's only one team that wins it on 32 teams. So yep. obviously, you got to be the right place. There's a uh, right time. You got to the right personal, the right goalies and right stuff. And uh, yeah. I wish, you know, obviously, but uh, I'm. It, it's it's sure you got to be right place, right timing, and then and then and then winning a Stanley Cup is a crazy. Timing, not easy, hard place to be. Uh, you look at look at Pat Lafontaine, I mean, an incredible career. You know what I mean? So, so you could look at players like, yeah. So you could go, you, you know, there's a lot of good players that didn't win, but they had an incredible career. And uh, But at the end of the day, all this, you know, the, the Stanley Cup, and when I look back, or the – yeah, I would. I wanted to. That's number one. That's the goal number one you want to achieve, obviously. And uh, and uh, and and you could look back at um, things that happen. You're disappointed, or you're happy, or you're. Um, but you're 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 kind of going back now. I look back on everything that happened in my career, and for me, I was blessed to do something I love. That's number one. Like every time I was able to put my two feet on the ice, going back and going in that bubble, just that, that's, and, and they paid me. They paid me to do something I love. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, you, know? That's you know, so, so all this is incredible. Yeah. yeah I wish I would have had a standing cup on, on top of all this, but, uh, you know, I don't, but it's, it's, uh, no, no regret. There's, there's, People you meet through hockey, uh, incredible people. There's a lot of great people. There's a lot of good person. I mean, I learned a lot with all the players I played with, and and uh, I was grateful for my hockey career for sure. Yeah, that's funny you say that because it's true. It's so true. I mean, it really is. I mean, yeah, everybody. Like I remember my father. We we were never able to stay up and watch games past the first period. But every year when the Stanley Cup was given out, he would wake me up to watch that. Is that and right? I, it's funny. And so when I, you know, when I got finally to the NHL, that was like it was like okay, I got to win a Stanley Cup, like you know. But I mean, there's a lot of circumstances that that surround that. I mean, you got to be on the right team. You know, not everybody got to play in Edmonton or New York Islanders when they were on their four cup win, yeah. winning streets. And, you know, so, I mean, you know, it, it, I mean, a lot has to go, a, a lot of luck has to go into it too, yeah. I think. But, um, but it was, you know, I never got to, well, I never even got close. I never got past the second round. So. <laughs> well, yeah. actually where I was going to go, where I was kind of going with that with you, Pierre, is any, and mm -hmm. you to a certain degree was when you're watching the playoffs today, Mm -hmm. Is it easier to identify teams that seem to be finding that level as they're going throughout the playoffs? Like the intangibles that may not be noticeable to us viewers, but to guys who've been in, in the trenches and gone through that battle to win the Stanley Cup at the end, you know what you're kind of looking for. You can see guys that are there or maybe just mm -hmm. getting close. Yeah, there's they're all for sure. There is guys that uh, 
they they could make the difference. They could they could make the you know the games on the line. Could, but you look. I was looking at the game, and it's only the first game. I was looking at Carolina yesterday. You know, I played. I watched the game. Yeah. They're 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 they work so well as a team. It's not even funny. Like they're they're just they were so intense on the puck. They just didn't stop. They're just mm. on the puck, yeah. taking away time and space. It's just boom on the good stick, good puck stick on the puck. All it's just crazy. And uh, mm. uh, but they don't. They're relentless. That's the thing. It's crazy. Like it's just, it's just it was incredible. Like it's. It was fun to watch. I mean, I look at Toronto too. Toronto, but incredible. I mean, those are the two games I watched yesterday. But the Toronto incredible. It was fun to watch too. I don't know if they played well. It was just, uh, but they were they were intense. They were. I don't know. So we'll see. It might be different. It's a long series, obviously. But uh, yeah, you're right. Fun, yeah, fun, fun. I mean, you got you got to win four games, and uh, but the Leafs were unbelievable last night. Oh, I mean, everybody good. everybody played well on that team. I, I think the biggest thing. You know, you look at the best players, the goal scorers, whatever. Yes, they're a big part of winning the Stanley Cup, obviously. But, I mean, you know, you look at last year and you look at Tampa and probably one of their best lines was Gord, Coleman, mm-hmm. and I forget the third guy. Uh, point? Is it Point? No, 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 no. No. Oh, no Coleman, Gord, and... Uh, Oh, Yanni, uh, Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman, and uh, oh god, I forgot the third one. Too. It does matter. We know who you mean. The third well, one, one of them, one of them's in Calgary, and one of them's yeah. in New Jersey. So yeah, one's in so, Jersey, yeah. But um, but I mean, they they were exceptional as their third line, and and they, you know, I mean, I don't think if it, if it wasn't for them, I'm not sure if Tampa wins the Stanley Cup. No, because they had a lot to do with it. And you need depth. So, so you need that depth, and you know, if you're going to win, you need that depth, and you you don't win without goaltending and depth. And well, here's a question: It's always it's always, it's always the goalie's fault. Yeah. Go ahead, <laughs> the goalie's fault, of course. Well, you know, I always say if you win, uh, if you lose two one, if the goalie did his job, you'd have won one nothing. Right? Yeah. There we go. You always tell the goalie that. <laughs> now, for you two guys, here's a question for both of you. And this is going back to being traded. So I'd like your thought on this. So in a general sense, do players feel slighted being traded? I know you're mad if you want to leave the town, all those obvious things. But feeling almost as if you've been targeted as the problem or one of the problems why the team isn't winning. So that almost gives you added motivation going to the new home. Pierre, you well, first. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a team that doesn't want you, but there's a team that wants you. <laughs> so, so you're like, okay. So, so, and, and sometimes it's, it, I think it's part of the job. It's part, especially now or last, you know, before, like I said, used to play for the same team for so many years, you know, it's just, but it was, it was, and then it changed. Uh, and they all say mm-hmm. if Gretzky could get traded, there's pretty much everyone that could get traded. Doesn't matter, yeah. you know. Uh, so uh, it's part of the job. Uh, you don't take it personal. You just, you know, you always take what's great, what was great there, and you take it and move on and bring that positive thing, and you go yeah. to a team that wants you. Uh, I took it like that personally, you know. So, uh, and sometimes they just want to make change. They want to have someone new. They want to. They think they could get better, you know, by mm-hmm. making a trade. Then it's fine, you know. So I didn't. It didn't bother me. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Well. I mean, it bothered me a little bit when I got traded from Toronto uh, to Chicago. I mean, I didn't want to leave Toronto. I love Toronto. I love playing yeah. for the Maple Leafs. 
And the fact that I got traded three days before training camp, uh, so I had to pack up and leave, and my wife was left to do everything in Toronto, like mm -hmm. get the movers and sell the house and all that, which is not fun. And then, and then from Chicago to Buffalo, it was the day after Christmas. So she was left in Chicago with a baby and, or two-year-old or two-and-a-half, and she was pregnant, and she had to get the movers and the real estate people. Like, I mean, like, I'm sorry, but that's not fun. And I didn't see them until February 4th, and then the first trade from Toronto to Chicago, I didn't see them until October. Yeah, that's the hard part. It's so the kids, family, the kids, mm -hmm. for sure. And then, and then we had. For me, I got you know, I got traded three times really because I signed a free agency when I left St. Louis. I got free free agency going to uh, to Denver. So, uh, but it was. Uh, but I my experience was harder. I think it's harder when the kids were older. And then mm -hmm. the kids, the friends, cool. You know, your wife is adjusting. Next thing you know is you got to move again. That's the hard part, I feel like. So that was yeah, that I mean, crazy. We were lucky our kids were young at the time. But still, I mean, for your wife who has a, mm -hmm. a two-and-a-half-year-old and, and she's pregnant and she's left all alone to sell the house, get the movers and everything. And then February 4th, I think we're playing in L.A., and the All-Star game is on the Tuesday. We're playing Saturday in L.A. I take the red-eye to Chicago after the game, okay. land, land in Chicago that morning, and then the truck comes and puts all the final things in the truck, and off we go to Buffalo. And that was February 4th. Yeah, that's cool. Well, Pierre, you know, we, we, could, we could talk to you for hours and we don't want to tie you up. You <laughs> we, I love it. So there's a, I love it. You want to go and hit balls probably or something <laughs> like in the beautiful weather. So anyway, we want to thank you so much. Quit a uh, final thought for uh, Pierre before we let him go. Well, please don't tell me what the temperature is down there because that'll, <laughs> that'll get me angry. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's supposed to rain all day tomorrow. So That's funny. Well, but, hey. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. That was fun. I enjoyed it. It's like having a conversation on your sofa at home. So I love that part. So thank yeah. you. We want to oh. thank you very much and the best. And again, one day, hopefully we'll be seeing you in the Hall of Fame where you belong. You're yeah. very kind. You're very kind. Hey, you I, know, at the end of the day, I, like I said earlier, I was blessed to do something I love. I'm thankful for a lot of, you know, so if it does happen, I'd love to, obviously. It would be the yeah. icing on the cake, but, you know, so if it, yeah. But thank you. Appreciate it. Well, I think I think you deserve to be there too, and uh, we had Steve Larmer on too, another guy that I think is very under underappreciated. Yeah. He had a great career. Oh, uh, sure. By the way, I got inducted into the Quebec uh, Junior uh, I, I, League Hall, Hall of Fame, but that was the year of the pandemic, and I haven't heard anything since. So I don't know what they're <laughs> going to do. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Okay, guys. All right. Thanks again, Pierre. Hey, awesome. Okay. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Thanks, Pierre. Thank you. Okay. Thank Thanks, you. Pierre. Good to see you guys. There's Thank you. Right All right, Rick. <laughs>